Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. Welcome to my latest experiment. This is the big one, the one I've been waiting for all my life. I just want to relax. Nice little warm bath. <laughs> I don't know how much longer I can hold this. Sarah Connor. Now look, carnage. Dead. Dead, dude. Well, what's fun about that? Quite sweet, really, aren't they? God, I love this street. Now what? Hello, everybody. This is Claire with Billy and Danielle on Billy Claire's Excellent Adventures. All right, this is the only use of the first name that you get, and your mom almost murdered you the last week when you did her name, so... I mean, these are the choices you're making, Claire. I can't say I endorse them. Um, But we're here to talk about Varsity Blues today. And I think what the interesting thing about Varsity Blues for me is part of the selection process, you know, because we talked earlier about how we pick titles and that there's kind of a lot of conversation that goes, Claire brings titles, I bring titles, even your mom brings titles. Um, And with Varsity Blues, that was a thing where, you know, your mom and I were like, what should we watch tonight? And um, I was listening to a podcast called Junk Food Cinema, where they talked a little bit about some movies from 1999 over the course of the summer. And uh, Varsity Blues was one that made the list. It made me want to go back and revisit it. And so we popped that on and you kind of came out and sat down and watched it, you know, without having kind of seen the trailer. What made you want to sort of sit down and watch that with us? What about Varsity Blues was interesting to you? Honestly, when you're watching movies at night, it's not always about the movie. Mm -hmm. A lot of times it's about just wanting to be... A lot of times when I feel like watching movies with you at night, I feel like... I'm in, I feel like I'm part of, I, I feel like I'm an adult, kind of. Mm, so it's a bit of a grown-up moment to go up yeah. and watch any movie after bedtime with mom and dad. Put the little kids to bed and stay up late. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. No, that makes a lot of sense. So it wasn't about the movie that time. That time it was about doing it with you. Okay. And you were, and you hadn't started the movie yet. I just walked out. And was like, can I watch the movie that you're gonna put on? And you're like, uh, you can only watch the, you can only watch a little bit. And then I ended up watching the whole movie with you. I'm pretty sure I just said you could sit down and watch the movie, because I made you corn, didn't I? Well, yeah. <laughs> Cooking dinner. You were like, I want to watch the movie with you. I said, all right. So I made you some corn on the cob. Wait, I, wasn't that the Meg? No, 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 no. The Meg was different. No, I think she's right. Dude, really? Yeah. Because we planned how many pieces to shuck based on oh, the fact based on that the fact that she's going to watch us. the mag. Yeah, Varsity, Varsity, Varsity Blues, Blues was, was more happenstance, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, you did sneak in and, and just I, get the whole I movie. I actually didn't think you? she's right because I remember you turning to me kind of when the when the uh, sexual. Well, well, yeah, we'll, we'll, to we'll get to that because yeah. I, I think that's a big part of this conversation for yeah. sure. Um, okay, well, so that's a movie that you Varsity Blues is a movie you watch just to be out there with mom and dad and feel part of the grown up crowd. Did you feel like uh, your time was rewarded? Did you enjoy the movie? Yeah, I also kind of felt like it was kind of close to reality because in Veronica Mars, which is another high school based um, show, it's it's like. The popular girls only want to be with the popular boys. The popular boys only want to be with the popular girls. Mm-hmm. Well, not always. In this one, Lance is just with the it's just with the girl he likes. Mm-hmm. Oh, so it's reality based, like other things. Yeah, seen. and then the gr- Lance's girlfriend, 
Which why, 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 does, why does finger quotes happen there? Is Does Lance not actually have a girlfriend in no, Veronica Mars? No, he has the girlfriend. No, no, no. no. I'm talking Lance about the, is the, the quarterback movie. in Varsity Blues. Oh, I thought we were still talking about Veronica Mars. No. What's happening? No, Veronica Mars is a TV show Claire and I have been watching on Hulu and we love. Okay. But there is no character named Lance in it. And Lance is the quarterback whose injury is sort of the... Got you. So, oh, oh, and so hence the finger quotes around girlfriend because right, she's she... not particularly faithful to him as right. a person. Right. Right. She doesn't love him for love. She loves him because he's the quarterback. Then I put the quotes uh, on there. So you were making a bunch of sense. Yeah. And I just was totally confused. Yeah. <laughs> that's not the first time that's happened. <laughs> she's patting herself on the back. So continue. And so... You cut me off and now I don't remember what I was talking about. I'm sorry. I got confused. I forget what's happening sometimes. I'm not sure you're going to be allowed to continue this episode <laughs> if you can't at least get on the right movie with us. <laughs> and Veronica Mars isn't even a movie. So what makes... Um, so you said uh, part of the reason that you liked uh, Varsity Blues was because it was very reality-based. Like what, ma- what makes that an appealing thing to you as a type of story? Because I have something to connect it to. Because mm-hmm. in all the other movies, I've been able to connect it to something real life or other movie like. This one, I was actually able to connect it to both. Mm-hmm. In real life, I've seen it happen. One of my older, one of my um, best friend's older cousin mm-hmm. or older sister or something. Like, I think it's older cousin. Her older cousin had a boyfriend who only liked her because she was the head of the cheer squad. Mm. So, And then he broke up with her when she became the second cheer squad something. So like She, she wasn't was, in charge anymore, so he wasn't interested in her anymore because yeah. he liked the fact that she had a powerful position in yeah. school. And, and he was the quarterback, so. I got you. So, yeah. I mean, so that sucks when, when that's so like that. It was the exact opposite mm-hmm. because she really liked him. Lance really liked her. Mm-hmm. It was the exact opposite. Let's pause for a second because it occurs to me, I am I was confused earlier. Why don't you read the storyline for Varsity Blues so okay. everybody kind of knows what's going on with it. In small town Texas, high school, well, Texas is a state. So why is it saying in small town Texas? That's a good question. It's it, not particularly sharp writing. It's suggesting that this could have happened in any small town in Texas. In But it doesn't. But it doesn't. Well, in small town Texas, which is not really what that means, high school football is a religion. The head coach is defied. Deified? Do you Deif- know what that word means? No. Um, that means that somebody treats them like a god. The head coach is deified. As long as the team is winning and 17-year-old schoolboys carry the hopes of an entire community onto the gridiron every Friday night. In his 35th year as head coach, Bud Kilmer, John Vought, is trying to lead his West Canyon Coyotes to their 23rd division title. When star quarterback Lance Harper, Paul Walker, suffers an, suffers an injury, Coyotes are forced to regroup under the questionable leadership of John Moxon, <laughs> or what they called, he liked to call himself at the beginning, Mox. Yep. Which is what his jersey says, Mox. That character is played by James Van Der Beek. Mm-hmm. A second string quarterback with a slightly Arab. Irreverent. Irreverent. Which means not particularly serious, playful almost. Approach to the game. Varsity Blues explores our obsession with sports and how teenage athletes respond to the extraordinary pressures places on them. Written by Stephen Shea. Yep. Who uh, goes to U Texas. So, all right. So, star quarterback gets injured. 
his buddy, who is his best friend, which I don't think that this captures, his best friend is the second string quarterback, the backup quarterback. And his best friend has to take over for him when he gets injured in a game. And John Voigt, who plays the head coach, hates mocks. Thinks he's he's a he's a he's a do nothing. He's a layabout. And to be honest, Mox kind of is on the team because he knows his buddy is the star quarterback, and he's kind of been okay with the fact that he's taken the lead in the and the spotlight. And he doesn't really. And before that, he he was just about to quit bat- football. Yeah. And then his buddy gets injured, and what I thought was happening was that he volunteered to do it only because his best friend was injured. And he knew that his best friend wanted the 23rd division to happen because mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it's, he says that in the movie. Lance says that he wanted that to happen. Mm-hmm. So he does it for Lance. That's what I thought was happening. He does it for Lance, right? He says, I'll support the team in that moment because they're looking to me. And he goes out on that field. And then when he wins that first game and he realizes like what it feels like to be in the spotlight with an entire stadium cheering for you and that moment that he has where he's like oh shit this this is actually something i get it all of a sudden there's a pretty big change for him don't you think and what does that do to his life as he starts to have to change what his appreciation for football is i remember in the movies like he doesn't really know what he wants Mm-hmm. And then I remember he he in the la- in the last game that he plays in, he um purposely throws the football at the horse or the uh or the mascot the mascot and then the cho- coach is like and then his dad Mox's dad was like what uh. Because and then he early- realizes that earlier he was he was supposed they were seeing what they were seeing Lance or Mox which one was a better quarterback which mm-hmm. one is better because they were fighting about that the dads yeah the dads were fighting about that and he was like come on Lance throw this throw that football with the cutting right out my head and he does it <laughs> and the, well that's literally how he says it oh no, you're right <laughs> and then and then he's like come on Mox do it too. To beat him. Is he news from New Zealand? Is he, like is he an Auckland residence or something? No. <laughs> That's her West Texan. So what do you think? Texas. So what do you think about how the dads treated their sons in that movie? You're shaking your head. No. What makes you shake your head? No. With serious eyes. Because I remember Lance's dad doesn't really treat him nice mm-hmm. after he gets injured. Mm-hmm. The dad is like. Oh no, you're injured. But honestly, I kind of feel like he's only he's he he's only caring about that because he's like, oh no, Box is gonna get it. Come on, mm-hmm. gonna be the quarterback. Box, no. Mm-hmm. And he wanted Lance to be that. Do you think that they can be good dads at the same time that they're only interested in their high school sports careers of their sons? I don't know. Well, I kind of feel like Mox's dad is kind of a good dad after he was intimidated. He was like, he was, I don't know how to say it, but like, he was offended. Mm-hmm. Yeah, offended. When his when his friend, Lance's dad, or I don't know if it's his friend or not, but Lance's dad says that Lance is such a perfect quarterback. And he's like, 
well, my son's there too, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they have that whole fight and everything, and, and they do that. And then, so getting back to what I was saying, Mox purposely aims mm-hmm. for his dad's nose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and Mox the, is a good quarterback, so he hits yeah. his dad square in the nose and breaks it. And then his dad realizes that at the game when Mox purposely throws the cor- throws the football at the mascot's face. But what I think is interesting about that exchange, aside from the fact that the dad does eventually realize Mox hit him in the face on purpose with a football, is don't you think that if if his dad had more faith in him as a person and as a player that he wouldn't, A, need a demonstration of proof of skill so that he could show everybody else what a good quarterback is. But B, he if he was faithful to his son as far as like his confidence in his son, his shouldn't his reaction have been, why did you just hit me in the face on purpose? Like, you're a great quarterback. You did this intentionally. It's almost like his dad doesn't know how good Mox is and doesn't have any idea what Mox is up to. He just is living in his own head as far as what he wants him to be. I think that the the two dads that you that you're talking about are actually really interesting um, characters in the movie because Lance's dad, I I feel like, is set up to look like a bad dad. Like he is a yeah. jerk, and you know he's a braggart, and he's kind of mm-hmm. mean to people. Well, he's a jock that never grew up into an adult, right? Exactly. But, you know, that scene in the hospital when the when the surgeon is like, your son is okay, and he's like, but how long is he going to be out of football? You know, I, I feel like you're clearly supposed to, in that moment, be like, you jerk, right? But Lance had a full ride to FSU. Yeah, it's, it's a huge deal. And his dad is, I forget what they say in the movie, but he's not wealthy. Right. So, like, this was his one shot at graduating from college without a ton of student loans. It's completely reasonable for the dad to be really upset that he's lost this opportunity. And it's not a normal reaction for parents to assume that their kid is going to be dead as a result of a knee injury. So the fact that he's not, like, demanding reassurance that his son is okay is totally normal to me. Mm -hmm. You know? I don't think that that's an, an unusual reaction. I think if the kid had had a head injury and it was going to cost him his full ride to an Ivy League school, the parent would have had exactly the same reaction. Like, but but this is his entire future, mm-hmm. and it's just been snatched away by you know an accident. This is a tragedy. That's a tremendous loss. Um, but Mox's dad is is kind of interesting because, uh, you know, he's also not necessarily set up to look like a father of the year but i don't think he's played off to be quite the jerk that he's not such the villain right he doesn't yeah exactly but if you think about it is the head coach oh for sure without a doubt without a doubt yeah but if you think about it lance and mox do have pretty much the same level of skill yeah according to the movie yeah and yet mox was perfectly content to be second string and nobody knew how good he was yeah well that to me part of that is because kilmer doesn't like him i mean that's sure fine fair enough but they show those boys doing football camp from the time that they're like six years old. Mm-hmm. So something is damaged in the relationship that Mox has with his dad for Mox to have never really cared about football that much. I mean, to me, it, you know, just looking at adolescent psychology, Mox hates football because his dad loves football. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, like there that's yeah. football didn't ruin his relationship with Mox. That was damaged to begin with and that's what caused mox's apathy towards football to begin with well because mox's dad has a relationship with football not so much with mox right he doesn't give two craps about the younger son yeah 
like at all. Well, and what's yeah, that's weird. And like and, the and, moment when the brown letter comes and he's like, yeah. hey, this brown letter came and he finds out he gets a full ride to brown. The dad's like, OK, but and I'm like, that is a two hundred thousand dollar letter that just came in the mail. And you're like, OK, but this football game that's coming up, like, yeah. dude, like that's crazy. <laughs> that's even even and if the football, coach threatens to take it away, which yeah. is a huge deal. And we if should talk about play. That. But right. even even if football obsessed dad's reaction is, well, do, does Brown have a team? Can you walk on to the tryouts like right. that? Even I can see as dad's right. obsessed with football. Dad has processed that you're going to Brown and it's good news. Here's dad trying to, you know, connect Put- with you somehow. He doesn't make any attempt to connect with Mox. He's immediately like, OK, I don't care about anything going on with you. I need to talk about your performance in this game so because you, it directly impacts my status. In your this argument town. is that between the two dads, uh, Lance's dad is actually a focused participant, active dad. Absolutely. That's and, how Lance becomes the star quarterback because his dad was in his corner. Mox's the whole time. dad is not actually a good dad. And, mm-hmm. and between the two of them is the worst. What do you think, Claire? I kind of agree with mommy. Okay. Why? Because when I was doing, when she was talking, I was like, I was like, well, that's kind of right because his dad, he would have made, he would, he would have made, if he was a good dad, well, not a very good dad, but at least a good, (laughs) at least a kind of good dad. Neither of these guys are father of the year, I don't think. Yeah, sure. A kind of good dad, at least he would get, he would get a meh father of the year award. Oh, geez. Okay. Meh. Which one? Uh, Mox's father. Right. Sure. Okay. Because he didn't even care. He was like, well, I only care about the... He didn't even... He didn't say it, but I could tell from his reaction, I don't care about your personal life. I care about my life and how you take it on. Mm. Mm-hmm. 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 So I feel like Mama's capturing that, but she's explaining it in a different way than I am. Okay. Yeah. I mean, definitely... And Lace's dad, at least when she was saying that, I thought he was a total jerk. Mm-hmm. Until she said... Until I realized... Until she said that they weren't wealthy. And then I realized... And then I remembered that from Glee, sometimes if you're a really good cheerleader, mm-hmm. a really good cheerleader, or a really good football player, you can get full-on scholarships to college just to play football or be a cheerleader in college. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure she said that if you don't be good, they can they take you out of the college. Yeah, I mean, if you don't perform on the team, uh, you can get taken off the team. That's for sure. And if you don't perform academically, you can lose your scholarship, even your sports scholarship, because you can lose the right to play. Like Those are contracts, and you agree to a certain type of performance, and if you can't meet the expectations, they don't give you the money. It's it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. Do you did you did you feel how much pressure both Lance and Mox were under just by virtue of being on the football team and everybody's expectations? Yeah. And honestly, I kind of feel like from the beginning, Lance wanted to be a football coach because he was always telling people mm-hmm. he was trying to get everyone to do to evolve. Mm-hmm. He's not being i'm not i'm explaining this to seem Mm -hmm. to make to so how am i going to explain this you guys are going to think like he's doing it as a you're you're thinking that it's a total that i'm explaining it as if he's a total jerk but i'm not okay so tell me he's making he's telling everyone to evolve around his ways and that's sometimes what a coach does he tells everyone 
evolve so that if a quarterback does something, you follow the quarterback to change the ways Mm -hmm. so that the other team can't get around you. Now, do you think that's Mox that's doing that, or do you think that's how Lance was as a quarterback? I'm talking Lance because in the truck, he said that that was his dream for everyone to evolve around him and to follow his moves in the game, but the coach was stopping him from doing that because he had to go in the exact order of it. I don't know if you caught that, but he was talking about that in that the truck. That was Mox that said that in the truck, I thought. Because Mox was the one... So for me, my read on Lance as a character was part of the reason that Lance gets the eye as the star quarterback is because he's willing to do what Kilmer says. Um, and he shows up and he performs and he contributes as a leader of the team, but... When Kilmer says jump, he says how high. And Mox's approach to Kilmer's like dominant approach to coaching is whatever, dude. See, I totally disagree with that. Really? I do. I think that Lance genuinely loves football. Mox does not love football. Mox plays because his friends play. He plays because his parents expect him to. He plays because it'll help him get into Brown. He doesn't love football. He loves winning. Once sure. he gets a taste of what winning is like. Everybody but, loves but winning. But Mox is fully prepared to walk away from football and never play it again. That's mm-hmm. not somebody who loves That's football. literally what he says at the beginning. That last game, I quit football and never played again. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure he said that he was still in touch with his friends. Hmm. Yeah. Lance, I think, plays football because he loves football. And his love for it, his enthusiasm for it, is why he is the starting quarterback over Mox. Even mm-hmm. though skill-wise, they're probably comparable. And I think he's a fantastic leader, which is why he ultimately decides to be a coach and he's really good at it. I don't think it's so much that he's willing to do what whatever Kilmer says, like he's a follower. I think mm-hmm. that Kilmer is a mean, nasty, vindictive, harmful, abusive person. I remember. When Lance absolutely knows it. I mean, at no point does he defend Kilmer when the guys are talking about him. Um, but when you're the leader and you're dealing with someone like that, if if you can be a buffer mm-hmm. in between him and the rest of the team. Sure. Then you're protecting the rest of them. Well, so that gives me abuse. a question for Claire. So, okay. So Claire, I, I kind of get the impression that you agree with what mom is, is saying there, right? Yeah. So why do you think that Lance lets Kilmer and the, the doctor put the injections in his knee to deaden the pain? He wants to play mm-hmm. and he doesn't care the cost. Because I think at some point in the movie, he's like, I'll play no matter the cost. Mm -hmm. So do you think that when Lance is getting the shots in his knee, he knows that this is putting him in danger of having a massive injury, but he he plays because he knows that that will get him in the next game and he wants to play in the next game because he loves playing? What do you think, Daniel? I think to some extent, yes. I also think that it's important to understand that teenagers believe that they're infallible, that they're immortal, and that they're untouchable. Yeah. I mean... Do is he aware that this is putting him in danger? Yes. Is Tweeter aware that driving the police car while intoxicated is putting him in danger? Yes. Does Lance actually think something bad is going to happen to him? No. And neither does Tweeter. Yeah. And nothing ever bad happens to Tweeter. Life works out pretty okay <laughs> when you're Tweeter. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about him stealing the police car? I thought it was kind of definitely teenager-like. <laughs> and I know that the actor is probably not a teenager, but it made me feel so much that he was a teenager, mm-hmm. that the actor was a teenager, even mm-hmm. though I'm pretty sure he's not. 
I, I agree, Claire. I think that if you took teenagers and you put them in an environment where there are no penalties and no accountability for their actions, which is absolutely true for football stars in a tiny football-obsessed town. Not that we know anything about that, having grown up in a, yeah. a small town with a football-obsessed high school. Yeah, exactly. Your dad and I went to a school where the football team went to the state championship two out of the four years that we were students there. Um, and they always were district champs. And the star quarterback was the coach's son. And um, he could do no wrong. And he did actually, if I remember correctly, Billy, maybe you'll remember this, got arrested. Sure. While, yeah. while we were in school. But yeah. no, no charges filed and was released because daddy went and got him. And yeah. um, as soon as they found out who he was... They were like, oh, nope. That that thing in the diner, um, the diner slash bar, where the, the sheriff is complaining about how the football kids are acting. And he said, well, I don't, I, I mean, we never used to do that. And this seems like a problem. I got to do something. And when um, Kilmer says, are my boys giving you a problem, sheriff? And sheriff's immediate response is, no, sir. Um, that's, that's real. That, that does happen in small towns for sure. Yeah. Well, and also, you know, most sheriffs are elected positions. And if you if you are seen as being personally responsible for the football team not winning, you're absolutely not going to win re-election. What did you think? Uh, let's 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 get into the scene that made me uncomfortable where I was like, I don't, I don't know, Danielle, should we let Claire stay out and watch this? What did you think about when um, Mox went over to uh, Lance's girlfriend's house? When Darcy put on the whipped cream bikini is what he's oh, referencing. Okay. Uh well I knew what he was referencing, but I was like, which time? <laughs> it's like he came over a couple times, but it wasn't like inside the house. Mm-hmm. Like, so, um that was I felt like I felt like it wasn't that disturbing as long as she had her um, her Her bits like, covered. Yes. With whipped cream. <laughs> And I remember that that someone said, I don't remember who, but they're like, guess what? This is how Lance got his girlfriend. Oh, yeah, that was Jules. Jules. Jules said, well, guess what? Darcy got Lance by using the whipped cream bikini. Did you see the whipped cream bikini? And they're like, uh, no, I didn't see the whipped cream bikini. Why do you ask, Jules? And he's like, and and she's like, well, you're a star quarterback now. It's obviously going to happen. What did you think about the fact that he lied to her about what happened there that night? Well, he loves Jules, and... Does he? He does. You think so? Why did he go to Darcy's house, then? Maybe he thought something was going to happen, like like she was going to like apologize for something. Hmm, that's a very generous interpretation. Because I don't think he'd go over to his girlfriend's house just to, just to see it, because I don't think he knew that there was going to be a whipped cream bikini, mm-hmm. because I don't think Lance ever told him about the whipped cream bikini. Hmm. Okay. Do you think maybe Jules, I don't think, I'm not saying that Jules might have been Lance's girlfriend before that, but I'm saying, do you think Jules, Jules was Jules, Lance's sister. Yeah, yeah I their know. Brother. I'm saying, do you think that Jules, Jules's best friend or maybe one of her friends was Lance's girlfriend and then Lance saw the whipped cream bikini when he became star quarterback? And I'm not saying that this was in the movie, but I'm saying what if this so happened it, like, before? How, how did they get together? Darcy, this may be a move that Darcy pulls with men who are in relationships, is what you're saying? Hmm. Not in relationships, but I'm not saying that she pulls um, 
them in relationships. I'm saying that she pulls on them if they're the star quarterback or have a lot of power. So let's take the whipped cream bikini out of the equation. Um, Darcy knows that Mox is in a relationship with Jules. Mm -hmm. Do you think that it's okay for Darcy to talk to Mox about saying how he should break up with Jules and, and be with her instead? I don't like that. Why? Because if Mox wants to stay with Jules, it shouldn't be Darcy's opinion. Mm -hmm. Darcy shouldn't be telling him what to do. Mm -hmm. He should be telling her if she's going to be doing something. But doesn't Mox have a choice at the end of the day as to how he responds to her saying you should do this? So, it, I mean, isn't that kind of Mox's responsibility to say yes or no or not be in that spot if he wants to stay with Jules? Yeah. So who do you think's messing up by going to that house? Do you think Darcy's messing up by making the invitation? Or do you think Mox is messing up by showing up in the first place? Mox. Kind of, right? Yeah. You don't sound because too honest, convinced. Because honestly, I kind of feel like he kind of had a suspicion that it was going to happen, okay. but it wasn't a strong one. Mm -hmm. So I feel like, honestly, if I'm going to become a teenager and I have a boyfriend and I have, and then another guy and stuff, and I have a suspicion, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go over to their house, and I'm going to be like, um, I'm sorry. I'm going to lie to them and be like, sorry, I have plans tonight. Mm. Hmm. Plans is always a good reason to not put yourself in a weird position. Hopefully what I just said won't make it so that I can't go to parties when I'm older. <laughs> secret parties. Don't worry, you were never going to secret parties anymore. Well, yeah, I'm not a very good liar, so. <laughs> yeah, I suppose me either. I'm not a very good liar. That's okay. Better to just be honest all the time, I think, about what you're doing. I'm trying to be. Trying to be, she says. Oh, gosh. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. <laughs> okay. All right. We'll keep that in mind when we uh, start inquiring about messes around the house that mysteriously appear in your presence. So I think we kind of gone over a lot of Varsity Blues. Danielle, what do you think we should talk about otherwise with Varsity Blues? Well, I think it Claire's like non-reaction to the whipped cream bikini is interesting mm -hmm. in some ways because I do remember when that movie came out, that was all anybody talked about. Yeah, well, the whipped cream bikini for a long time was a big thing. It's in parody movies. Um, mm -hmm. I think the whipped cream bikini is the cover of a spoof movie, movie 43, like that cover. It, it's sort of... Um, mm. I don't know which one, nonsense. but I know what you're talking about. But anyways, yeah. But I, I have a vague memory of standing in the parking lot of our high school because I think we were seniors when In it a came whipped cream out. bikini? No, definitely not. But of people being like, hey, have you seen Varsity Blues? I hear that there's an actress in a whipped cream bikini. Like the fact that they showed it was a big deal in a high school movie in 1999 because that was before I think American Pie came out. Um, Varsity Blues, I think, was before American Pie came out. American Pie came out a little bit later. Yeah, I think. So not much later. Not much later, but that's sort of the where they were right at the almost same the time. tipping point. Maybe if you look at high school movies before Varsity Blues. Like sixteen candles and um, you know, pretty in pink and some of the more famous ones. I think that there's definitely implied sexual activity, but I don't think they're quite as overt. Mm -hmm. I don't know, I could be wrong. But then Claire is like totally unfazed. Still is. Yeah. Still is. She's looking at us like, okay, next topic of conversation. So what did you think about varsity blues that we haven't talked about yet that you feel like we should talk about? I think we got everything. Yeah. What'd you think? Well, of actually, actually, we missed something. What did we I miss? really, the part where he's reading the book mm -hmm. in the stadium. 
mm-hmm. where he's like reading the book inside of the school. Uh, Kurt Vonnegut Slaughterhouse inside Five the inside the playbook. Yeah, and he's like, he, what is he looking at? Oh, he's looking at that. Okay, and then he realizes, and then he then he realizes at some point that he's actually reading a book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you're not supposed to be reading books in football. You're supposed to be reading this. And he gives him the school picture thingy. Or even just watching the game. Like, I went to, I think, all of the home football games, and I watched the game. Like, I love football. And so, to me, the idea that he's sitting on the sidelines with the best seat in the house. Not even paying attention. And he's a member of the team, and he doesn't even care enough to watch the game. I don't understand I don't think Mox is a good team member, to be honest. No, he's a terrible (laughs) team member. And he gets those poor boys drunk the night of a big game. Like, if he isn't depending on football for his future, that's fine. But he knows his friend is. They've already had a yeah. conversation about scouts coming to the games and stuff like that. I think like, Mox is both a bad player and a bad friend. And he's movie. really selfish in that moment. Like, yeah. But was it really Mox who invited them? I thought it was. Yes. Oh, that was Mox his whole idea. It. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was Tweeter. No. That yeah, was it seems def- like something Tweeter would do. But Tweeter is like either chaotic neutral or chaotic good. He's no. like the Joker. Tweeter has no plans. I don't think. Tweeter's like, oh, there's a cop here now. I could steal his car. I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. He's like, he's like, don't <laughs> draw. And he's like, go home. And he's like, okay, I'll go home. Well, and I mean, if a cop says to you, home. don't drive, what's the most disrespectful way that you could respond to don't drive drunk is you could steal that cop's car and drive it drunk, <laughs> which he does. And it all works out okay because he's in small town Texas and the sheriffs don't bother the uh, the the nice uh, 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 boys who play for that football team, who are maybe not so nice. What did you think about the coach putting Billy Bob in and being so mean to him when he had his concussion? I didn't like that. I remember telling you we had a conversation. I was like, "This is all the coach's fault that that Lance got the knee injury," mm-hmm. and it still kind of was even before the Billy Bob injury. Mm-hmm. It was coach's fault for putting for deciding to put the alcohol in. But it was also kind of Lance's fault, which you made the point. Mm-hmm. Wait, no, you said Billy Bob. But then while we were talking, I realized it was also kind of Lance's fault for letting the coach do that. Yeah, I suppose. I'm not too sure that Lance could keep Billy Bob out of the game for the same reason that Lance didn't get out of the game. Billy Bob and Lance both love the game of football. Yeah, and I'm going to say something really controversial here. I don't think that that is as much Kilmer's fault as it is that community's fault because he's a high school football coach, which means that his skill, his uh, qualification to hold that job is his ability to win football games. Yeah, I agree for sure. If, if Kilmer is no longer the head coach of that team, he's not going to go be the math teacher. Like he's fired. Right. That's his entire livelihood. And it is dependent on the whims of teenage boys. Um, but and he if was also he, the coach of those six year old kids. Uh, no, 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 he so. wasn't. He wasn't. Not when they were in Pee Wee. Yeah. He's only the high school coach. Because it says he's been the high school coach for 33 years or something. Um, but if he starts losing, they will absolutely, in the same way that the sheriff can't mess with the team or he could lose his position, if he doesn't generate those district championships, they will replace him with somebody else. And he knows that. So, and at the end of the movie... When the players are like, make it clear, we're not going to play for you anymore. I mean, he starts packing his office. He knows that he's fired. Like, that's his entire How do they defeat the coach in the end, Claire? 
I kind of feel personally. They they defeat like, him personally? I kind of feel like it. What yeah. do you mean? Because he knows that his whole entire life was based on this. And then they're like, well, we hated football with you, and we're going to do something different now and stuff like that. And I kind of feel like it hit the coach personally. Even though he never cared about the boys, all he cared about was winning, He it kind of hit him personally that, that all this time he just realized that he thought that. And before, he never realized it, so it kind of hit him personally. And he knew that he was going to be going away, but he also immediately started packing because he was embarrassed to say that it hit him personally. Yeah, I don't think that the coach was prepared to deal with failure. And as soon as he lost the will of the players, he recognized failure. And he he's disgusted by failure and quitting and losing. And he sees that in himself. I think he leaves in shame. Mm-hmm. And that's how it's hit. They say, well, we couldn't tear that statue down because it was too heavy. I think if, if Kilmer could have torn that statue down and taken it with him out of town in shame and just disappeared from everybody's sight, he probably would have at the end. Because he seems like such a big, tough guy. But, like, why don't you just get a wrecking ball? <laughs> get a wrecking ball and tear it down. Yeah, Claire has a point. That line is... It's so weird. It should not be in the movie. I agree. It should not. Because if you know anything about small towns that are obsessed with football, there's no way the entire town turns on Kilmer. No way. No, I don't think ever. In, in point of fact, I in in real life, I really wonder what the outcome of that is. Because he he quits because he loses the will of the team. But, like... They all graduate. They all graduate, basically. Game. So is he gone gone? Does he like what? You know, like it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. He could he... keep his job if he wanted to, I think. at that. Yeah, point. he definitely could. I think that the implication there is that he recognizes that Lance is the future of that team. But in real life, that doesn't really work because Lance needs a college degree and a teaching certificate to work for the school. Sure. So like there's at least four years for Kilmer to continue coaching at that point. But he knows he's a failure because they hit him personally. So I don't think he'd continue being the coach if he's going to keep getting hit personally by the, by the students. I, I think one of the most important lessons that you can learn in your life is how to deal with failure. Um, and, and I think failure is a really, really important thing uh, to experience and to overcome. And I think part of the problem with Kilmer is that he spent so long winning as a coach is that he, he has no ability to handle loss and losing the will of the team. Yeah. Well, you know, I do notice, I don't remember what the exact numbers were, but I remember making a mental note when we were watching it that his number of years of district championships is like one less than the number of years he's been coaching. There's definitely at least one season that he did not win yeah. the championship. And he dealt with that, you know, presumably. Yeah, but I think he's, I think for him, victory is the domination of the humans around him. And mm-hmm. he expresses that by winning at football. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that, he, like Claire said, I don't think he could lose any more personally than to have that control taken away from him. Yeah, I can yeah. see that. All right. Well, so I think that's Varsity Blues in a nutshell. Yeah. Uh, what did you think, Claire? Did you Were you happy you watched the movie? Yeah. All right. Okay. So see you next time for... Well, let's settle down. Settle down. <laughs> we got some outro business that I got to deal with before we do that. Um, so like we said at the beginning of the episode, uh, coming up next week will be our review of The Meg. And then after that, we'll get into a camp movie. And then finally, the week after that, we'll get into the Universal Horror Monsters, which I'm really excited about because I've seen some of those movies maybe once a long time ago. 
Um, so it's going to be kind of like a discovery process for me too. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, if you uh, don't follow us on Twitter, you can follow the show at uh, Bill and Claire's Excellent Adventures uh, on Twitter at B-A-C-E-A podcast. Uh, if you haven't reviewed the show on Apple Podcasts, we sure would appreciate it if you would go out and do that. Uh, that kind of support is help that only listeners like you can provide. And it's really essential to us as we look to grow our audience and share our podcast with other people. Um, and then, yeah, so Claire, you were saying until next time, you're up. Until next time, what is hopefully the movie that I want to do, Bunked the movie. No, next time is the Meg. I, mean, I the make, just the make, said the, make, the Meg. The were you not listening to the outro business? I was listening, but I'm saying, but <laughs> but I'm saying the next movie we watch, like uh-huh. actually, do you like the intro, then the watching, then that, then the, the next outro. movie we watch is hopefully bunked, is what you're saying. Yes. Well, all right, we'll see. And then the next movie we record is definitely gonna be the Meg. Yes. So see you guys next time. Bye.